Welcome to You Can Have It, the podcast that helps you ground into your magic and potential. Together, we will explore the practices of connection and of nurturing relationships with your pleasure, your eros, and ultimately the deep current of creational power that lives within you. Oh, yes, it does. My name is Julia Lally. I am your host and resident sex witch, and it is a great joy for me to invite you a little closer into my online world, where I'll be sharing with you practices, tips, stories, and inspiration that will help you get more of whatever it is you want. And so let's begin. Hello, welcome back. This is episode 38. We're in the middle of bleak midwinter in the northern terrains and I am in the mood. In fact, I am in need of a solstice blessing, both giving and receiving. And how better to do that than with poetry? So I wrote a midwinter poem this week. And if you are on my mailing list, you'll get that in a couple of days. If you're not on my mailing list, you can go to julialally.com and sign up and you'll receive it too. And I was all set here with my microphone ready to read it to you. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I just find the greatest winter poems that were ever written, or at least as far as Google is concerned. (laughs) And as always, as ever, I come back to the female poets. I always have, and I probably always will. Like I try, I do try to get into Eliot and all the rest. And there are some I like, but the female poets are always the ones that really do it for me. And I think this began for me with Sylvia Plath, of course. So back in my teens, Sylvia Plath is like the perfect teenage poet, right? She's angsty, she's full of drama, um, she's, you know, she's bleak, she's, you know, she's really a a perfect place for a soul, a, a teenage soul. And so I came across her poem about winter, which is called Waking in Winter, which is all about an actual nuclear winter. So this is like as dark as it gets, because if you think about it, the whole reason we can stay sane and self-resourced through winter is because we know that it will end. There will be a resurrection. Like every kind of myth or, or, or story, you know, so much of our culture, whatever culture we're in, has a narrative of death and rebirth. Wherever, whatever religion we practice or a culture that we find ourselves inside of, there is always a death and a rebirth. It's as old as humanity. And Sylvia Plath took it to the next level. So in other words, there's an annihilation. There's no rebirth from this winter. So I thought I would read this one because, of course, it's incredible and also really, really dark. But then I came across The Resurrection, which for me is always Mary Oliver because, well, well, I'll leave leave Mary Oliver until we get to Mary Oliver. How about that? What I wanted to say was that 
don't worry, we're going to go to annihilation, but I'll pull us back. Don't worry about that. We want a blessing, right? I just can't resist this one because it's so good. Okay, so this is Waking in Winter by Sylvia Plath. I can taste the tin of the sky, the real tin thing. Winter dawn is the colour of metal. The trees stiffen into place like burnt nerves. All night I have dreamed of destruction, annihilations, an assembly line of cut throats, and you and I inching off in the grey Chevrolet, drinking the green poison of stilled lawns, the little clap gravestones, noiseless on rubber wheels on the way to the sea resort. How the balconies echoed, how the sun lit up the skulls, the unbuckled bones facing the view. Space, space, the bed linen was giving out entirely. Cot legs melted in terrible attitudes. And the nurses, each nurse patched her soul to a wound and disappeared. The deathly guests had not been satisfied with the rooms or the smiles or the beautiful rubber plants or the sea, hushing their peeled scents like old Mother Morphia. Oh, everything to dust. Isn't that an incredible, just despair, despairing poem, right? I mean, of course, obviously, Plath came to a very tragic end. But, you know, she left behind a legacy of, um, you know, for a despair, for a human being, for a human soul in despair, there's a kind of solace in knowing that she also felt and could even articulate from those places. So if you are in that place, and I hope you're not, but of course it's part of the human expression and experience to sometimes hit those places. Let's turn our attention back to the natural world. So the place of resurrection, the place where we can anchor some kind of hope. Certainly for me, and I've talked about the Wheel of the Year a lot in recent podcasts, and you know, anchoring into the natural world is really a way that I can help navigate those tin-like moments of despair. So this is a beautiful poem called White Eyes. In winter, all the singing is in the tops of the trees where the wind bird with its white eyes, shoves and pushes among the branches. Like any of us, he wants to go to sleep, but he's restless, he has an idea, and slowly it unfolds from under his beating wings. As long as he stays awake, but his big round music, after all, is too breathy to last. So it's over. In the pine crown he makes his nest, he's done all he can. 
I don't know the name of this bird. I only imagine his glittering beak tucked in a white wing while the clouds which he has summoned from the north, which he has taught to be mild and silent, thicken and begin to fall into the world below like stars or feathers of some unimaginable bird that loves us, that is asleep now and silent, that has turned itself into snow. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, Mary Oliver, you lift us from the bleak. You really do. Isn't that amazing how the death and rebirth in that poem, right? The death and rebirth, the hope in that rebirth, the, the fact that something changes form, lets go of having done all he can of his nest and something even more beautiful emerges, which is the snow here to bless us. Compared to the hopelessness of Plath, you know, the irony of going to a sea resort <laughs> when all hope is lost. Incredible writers, incredible poems. I hope you felt as blessed by them as I did. And so I, it really only remains for me to wish you an incredible winter solstice and that I will see you next week. Bye for now. And so that is a wrap of the You Can Have It podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. And here is what to do next if you're interested or curious or even just a little bit intrigued about anything I've spoken about. You can head on over to julialally.com forward slash insiders. That way you'll be the first to know whatever happens in my world, anything you gets released, any exciting news, you will be the first for it to hit your inbox so do go over julialally.com forward slash insiders now one more thing before you leave if you've really enjoyed this then i would appreciate it so much if you would head over to apple podcasts and leave me a review now what i do is that for anyone who's kind enough to do this i will give you a shout out on the next episode i, I create and four times a year the names go into a hat and i will pull out the name of one lucky winner who will get a 30 minutes of gold one-to-one -one coaching session with me really around anything that's troubling you to do with your sexuality your pleasure your relationships and your creative power and potential so once again thank you so much for being here uh, and listening to you can have it i really hope you have enjoyed and i can't wait to see you next week in the same time same place i'm out on the road i head into the open sky i watch the scenery change i'm busy thinking about my life i don't know where i'm going but i know i got to get somewhere soon circling around this planet like the planet circled by the moon keep on
Yeah.